Uh, yeah, it's my birthday, so... Wait, it's your birthday? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. What have you done to treat yourself today? Or going to do, I don't know. Gonna get a fancy dinner delivered. Oh, hey, there you go. What is it? Indian sushi? Uh, probably, like, steak and seafood. Like, lobster. Ooh, okay. Real bougie... (laughs) Bougie birthday dinner. Yeah, it's pretty fun to get the, like, giant sea bugs and then also just, like, a slab of meat. Hey, speaking of sea bugs, you heard about those dragon turtles? Mother up gamers we're back at it again it's the heroes play vibe chat podcast i'm your, co- your host empress quinn and i've got my co-host cole here with me what's good cole it's my week off so i've done literally jack for like the last few days um and then i had a nap before this started so i'm refreshed and ready to go oh i'm so jelly way to go you um and no fancy edited opening this time but uh that's okay. We'll save those for special occasions. Yeah, I think we did a really good job with the last one, and um, we can put that in the on like on the shelf as like our, our achievement. And then yeah, it's uh, the trophy. To, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't have too many of those there. No, but hey, uh, compared to last time, a much slower week and probably a much shorter episode uh, in comparison. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, we'll see. The work expands to fill the time available. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let me. Uh. Let's open Twitter just to just to do some follow up on our own vibe checks this week, as well as what other people are recommending. Oh no, Twitter's giving me the infinite loop thing. Um. Hey. Uh. You know who passes the vibe check? Zergo no Jutai passes the vibe check. Um. Good old five mana, uh, four four flying haste commander that also happens to get a hexproof when it enters play. Uh, I did have heroes played in the deck that I played the other day. Did not get to play it unfortunately, but I didn't need to either. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, slapping people in the face with a giant dragon and getting card advantage by attacking multiple opponents with dragons is uh, is always a fun thing to do. Yeah, I actually got a taste of that myself. Um, the casting anticipate when you deal combat damage feels pretty good, and I would like to do some more of that. So I might see about including that card in another deck somewhere. Yep. <clears throat> it's under um, severely underrated. I think a lot of the commanders that were the partners uh, for mm-hmm. March of the Machines, probably outside of Drana and um, Linvala, are kind of just like average i guess as i say because they don't do anything super duper flashy or super duper powerful but they just perform well enough and that's oh, kind of hey, you seem pretty into that jaren Hazaret. well okay they are okay yeah yeah true <laughs> enough they're kind of an exception to the rule um 
But yeah, in general. Yeah, free spells good, more at 11. <laughs> free spells in Boros? Say no more. Um, but yeah, there was a game I had, I think, last month where... I think it was on stream. I think it was against Mr. Bevers, and he had something that people can't cast spells without paying mana cost. And I was like, why? <laughs> uh, well, I did not know that before the game started. It would be a shame. I did okay, all things considering, but yeah. Um, yeah, Sergono Dutide. Pass the vibe check, in my opinion. Nice. What about you? <clears throat> um, so I want to talk about two wizards here, basically. One is uh, my CEDH commander, Inala, Archmage Ritualist, who does not pass the vibe check. Gamer, she will never leave the command zone. She is eminence, and we do not need her outside of the command zone to do the busted thing that we need from her. Um so she's not doing anything with the hero's blade. She will never see it. Uh, another wizard that extremely does, though, is Vadric Astral Archmage. Love that guy. And uh, yeah, that guy. He's from one of the most recent Innistrad sets, um, and he reduces that was like your two years instance ago. and source. Uh, I'm crumbling to dust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fading away as we speak. It's fine. We'll get over it. Um, but yeah, he reduces your instants and sorceries by his power. So him entering the battlefield and picking up the hero's blade for a free plus three gives you a discount of four just like right off the bat, um, which is wild fucking strong. I don't know if you've ever cast a four mana sorcery, but I have a deck that's built around doing that and all of them are good. Yeah. Oh, get it down to one or two pips. You're like sick. This is awesome. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, so tell me about who else passes the live chat. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I got to play. I got to play uh, Ishin Two Heavens is one recently, and I say yes, but with an asterisk uh, tied to it. And the reason is, is that um, I've kind of, uh, as I've played Ishin more and more over the last year, give or take, they put more and more cards. Out that's like when you do attacks. God, I love any card that is starting to become uh, like they come out with the t Inferno Grave uh, Titan like templating of when they enter and attack. I'm like, give me mm -hmm. more, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> really great in Ishin Two Heavens is one, and he de and he as a card definitely benefits from it because one of the things I found is that you can obviously set up your board with Ishin. Uh, and put you like you put your one two three five drop out and then throw out Ishin and start getting the double attack triggers. Um, mm. But sometimes you're like, man, you know he can get in there. Um, he's a three mana three four, um, even though he doesn't have attack triggers himself. But the cool thing is, is that he just still helps enable other like attack triggers. Um, there was an enchantment. Uh, there was a red enchantment, I think, from the same set or commander set. Um, that deal you deal damage to the opponent equal to the number of cards they have in their hand. It's a red... Oh, uh, Unquenchable Fury? Unquenchable Fury. Slap that, uh, yeah, slap that on Ishii. Yeah, one of my cards. And you make uh, target Mr. Fitzy Fitz cry. Um, mm -hmm. Get his ass. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> play that, you know, and hey, it's it's got similar templating to uh, Rancor, so if Ishin dies, it goes back to your hands. So you're like, great, this is exactly what I was looking for. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, do it doesn't. It do I don't have a copy in my Ishin deck, mostly because it's one of those decks that I only bust out because of sort of the the novelty 
of of just having a bunch of bullshit attack triggers is for some people is not very um entertaining although i've been putting (laughs) one of the things i've done in that deck is i put like nearly every single one black mana drop uh that where that has a creature that's like whenever it attacks each opponent loses one life um Mm -hmm. big fan of those guys so put all variations of those in there and i need to get um do you have my boy hellrider Yes, oh yeah, I got Hellrider in there. Are you kidding me? We 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 put Hellrider and um oh, I'm cheering. I love that. That guy. orc and um there's what was it Captivate there's there was a six mana black zombie uh that um, says whenever an opponent is attacking Lich. Yes, cal- yeah, you you know, anyone attacks anyone else, that doubles the the life loss trigger, so you you just have Ishin and that guy out and you're just howling. You're like you don't even need to attack mm-hmm. me, right? And they're like, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do it. Do the work for me. That's great. Um, oh, he is the perfect guy for just the rude Mardu Go deck that you can build now, too. And you can play like Aurelia and Yeah, the new, the new Aurelia, Karazakar. Uh, you can play Carter, Doom Scourge. Doesn't quite do mm-hmm. the... It doesn't have goad, but it basically does goad. So it's Yeah, it'll still great. press the issue the way that you want it to. Um... And you got one more on your end. Uh, yeah, my last guy is a brand new dude, Mirko, obsessive theorist, who passes the Hero's Blade vibe check with flying colors IMO. Um, this guy wants you to be surveilling so that you can put a plus one, plus one counter on him. And then on your end step, he'll reanimate something with power uh, less than his. If and it returns it to the battlefield with a finality counter on it. So if he enters the battlefield and just like immediately picks up this hero blade, and again, he's a like a one two, I think. He's a one three. Um, a one three, okay, yeah. So he picks that up and immediately you can start picking up like four drops on your end step or four power guys on your end step. <clears throat> but not only that, um, it's the fact that he benefits both offensively and defensively uh, by having flying vigilance, which I'm like. Okay, Demir, okay, alright, I'm not complaining that much, because it's still sweet. Um, yeah, this and, is also extremely a Demir-Voltron deck, where I will kill you in the air. <laughs> yeah, um, and kind of similarly to um, my uh, the Ukbin-Bak, the, uh, the Great Mistake deck, uh, mm-hmm. there's a few pieces of tech where you can get rid of those finality counters, so you can keep bringing those creatures back with Reckless Abandon. And probably getting, like, some card advantage or whatever on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some community submissions. Uh, shout out to you, everyone who's kind of in our regular circle of people who respond to us quite uh, readily uh, for new episodes. Um, this week, we got Trenton. Uh, we got Lenny. We got Benoit. Uh, we got Nick. Uh, Clad. And we got Laura, uh, Technicolor Mime, um, with a surprise, hilarious entry from Dale, uh, aka the bad boy <laughs> of EDH, who just sent a photoshopped Angraz the Quake Mole with the Hero's Blade, like, kind of slapped on it somehow. It's a lower yeah, quality image. It kind of looks like he's holding blade. it. He's holding it. So, yep. Once again, Angraz is. Ang- Angsraz is uh, messed up. Angsrag. Angsrag. Dang it! I'm. Mean, I. You know, my dad has dyslexia, and sometimes I wonder if maybe I got a little bit of that. But I don't know. Listen, um, you're doing your best. All right. So we're <clears throat> let's go for the list, starting from top. Trenton. Um, 
first comment on Twitter was like, yeah, Maleva does await. And what he means is 10th District oh. Hero, uh, <laughs> where you put, uh, you level up 10th District Hero to become uh, Maleva the Stalwart, our much beloved character mm-hmm. from the Boros uh, Legion, slowly making her way up to maybe finally getting an actual uh, the, uh, legendary printing. Um, I am just praying that one day we do get that of legendary Boros Maleva. Um, but yeah, unfortunately she does not, despite the fact that everyone's like, obviously she gets like honorary addition to being run as a commander because, uh, yeah, for sure. The rules committee is not hard. They're not hard enforcers. And if you are a tryhard who's like, no, you can't run her as a commander eh, you're no fun. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately there's no way for her to enter and have the hero's blade attached to her. So it's a shame. Yeah. Unfortunately. We're saluting her. Um, Lenny kind of had a bit of a double submission, uh, but one of them was a photo to reiterate on um, one of his previous ones. Um, oh, shoot. Which Capuchin was it? Um, he's just like, oh, I had it ready to go. Um, Danitha. Yeah, Danitha is the, the one from um, Aftermath. Uh, New Benali is light with three mm-hmm. mana, two, two, human knight. Vision Trample, Lifelink, and during each of your turns, you may cast an or an equipment spell from your graveyard. Um, and he sent a photo of the Hero's Blade already being attached to it. Um, so he made it happen, and he's probably just blitzed the entire table with that kind of head start. Um, <laughs> his second submission, um, where he said this came up in, an, in a um, in real life game, and when I was explaining the podcast to folks, it's Extus, Auric Overlord from Strixhaven. Uh, not the front, not the backside, making a bunch of blood avatars as you were normally want to do. Uh, yeah, the- that was my like instant thought in response to that post. Was I mean, I guess it depends on what side you're casting because Awaken the Blood Avatar gets an F in that rating. Uh, it does not give a damn about the. Hero's it doesn't blade. give a flying fuck. But Extus himself with double strike. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude! Sign me the hell up. Plus three for that. He's a five power creature then. Double Strike's just becoming a little bit more desirable as I'm brewing decks, Bloodrick. Um, but in this case, like, every time I looked at Exus, I wanted, when I first made an Exus deck when the, the when Strixhaven came out, I really did want to try to be able to have both sides be flexible, like, at all mm-hmm. times, because Exus does help you return non-legendary creature cards from your grave of your hand just by casting an instant or sorcery spell, which is already pretty powerful. Um... Mm-hmm. But also having a viable body of being a base 2-4, uh, going to a 5-6 with double strike. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty sweet. Yeah, he's awesome. He actually used to be the commander of my Marty Phoenix's deck. And then I found that I was spending a bunch of resources trying to find Timna every game. So we just put her in the command zone instead. But for a while, he was really cool at like returning stuff to my hand the cheaper way instead mm-hmm. of like trying to answer the Phoenix's asks. Um, and also the last like late game, we could sacrifice Phoenixes to cast Awaken the Blood Avatar and then return them with their abilities if we had enough going on. It was a cool idea that didn't work out very often. Uh, and then we just switched to Tim and Jessica, and it works a lot better now. 
Yeah. Also, some Phoenixes that have come out since, like, within the last, like, couple years have already been just a little bit better by themselves. We are getting higher quality Phoenixes, yeah. And every time we get another playable Phoenix, I'm on Twitter like, Phoenix mentioned, yeah! <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, speaking of Double Strike, uh, Benoit uh, pointed out, and he said he mentioned this to you um, yesterday, um, mm-hmm. but Dritz Odurin... Don't or, oh no, you know what? I don't know this character. Um, yeah, the D and D guy. Just, the D and D the D and D guy. Uh, he's the um, Selesnia Elf Ranger from the core set Dungeons and Dragons set. Um, he's got double strike. He's a three three. When he enters, you create. Uh, I'm I, I can't even pronounce that. I'm not even going to. Uh, you create a legendary. It's just Guinevere. Oh, it's just Guinevere? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, legendary 4-1 green cat creature took with Trample, and then whenever a creature dies, if it had power greater than Dritz's power, uh, you put a number of plus one counters on Dritz equal to the difference. So, what Benno was saying, like, obviously the baseline is, uh, you know, ETB, you could put the sword on him, you could put the sword on uh, Guinevere, or... Uh, he says he's trying to find, he was, he put down this sequencing thing, which really confused me, because I don't know, I'm not sure if it works, um, and we're, we'll get back to you on that. So he's like, so you might be able to sacrifice the token at instant speed, you might be able to resolve the stack to not pay for the equip, like, the equip cost, which, mm-hmm. like, uh, so you cast, you, you have Dritz enter the battlefield, and have, I think, this sword equip trigger on Dritz? But then you resolve the... Make the token first, so the cat mm-hmm. enters. Then the sword goes on the cat instead. And then you sack the cat um, to then put the counters on Driss and then equip the Hero's Blade to it, I think? But I don't know. I think that makes sense, because the, the trigger to put the sword on... Um, what's his name is still like on the stack when you're still doing all of that and I don't think there's anything that like interrupts that despite all of that other bullshit still going on Okay. Um, so I don't know get back to me rules babes in the chat Um, that seems like it should work though big question marks but also hey another giant double strike uh, creature so yeah that again awesome um and then the um, Nick uh, submitted a couple of them, although it ties back into what you said about Mirko um, getting the vote, definitely for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And Trostani mm-hmm. three whispers. Hey, uh, yo, yeah. I need to. I think maybe I'll finally pull the trigger on Trostani because it just seems just like a fun, tricky Celestia card for me to get kind of back in that color combination. Yeah, that's an interesting card. I'm looking forward to seeing what people do with it. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about that in the uh, Glunch deck. I think yeah, it's not, not wild surprised. in any of the Wooberg Niv Mizzets. Yup. So, Which one, though? Uh, yeah. The new one? <laughs> well, any of them. Any of them, yeah, yeah. Um, particularly the first and third ones, I think. Um, yeah, it's only been. A, you know, within a week or, or so since uh, release happened, and I've already seen a few cards uh, from the set be played. Someone played Aurelia the Law Above the other day, 
and just crushed it. Benoit could tell you all about it. He made the guy draw like seven cards that night. And I looked over him like, I looked over to the table like, why did you do that? He's like, I thought I was fine. And I'm like, no, why would you (laughs) give the Boros deck? Anyway, he could complain about that. Um, I also got an Aurelian to play recently. Uh, People who follow me on Twitter will know that I've been trying to do that since we've had her rules text available. So we finally resolved that in my Mardu Pablade deck. And she was exactly what we needed her to be. Uh, We were swinging with five creatures and lightning helixing. And that was uh, crucial for the point in the game where you're able to swing with five creatures, I think. Um, And the card draw really does keep you in it. So shout out to Aurelia. I think she's going to be really cool for boros plus combat decks but especially if you're playing goad uh yeah that should be pretty cool too absolutely if you're playing boros plus and goad then yeah because she triggers on every player not just you um then finally uh laura um submitted atomic wielder of law uh the new version (laughs) of tomic uh one white black uh, for 2-4 Human Advisor with the affinity for one single Planeswalker, the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying Vigilance, and then whenever an opponent attacks with two creatures... Or, sorry, whenever they attack, and if two of them are attacking you or Planeswalkers you control, they lose three life and you draw a card. Um, once again, going back into the like the Flying Vigilance, evasive, defensive key- combination of keywords, like you're getting a 5-6 out of it. So um, you're already de-incentivizing people. But if they really want to test you, you're like, cool, all right, let's do it. And you got a you got a five six ready to block. Mm-hmm. I also think that that would be such a funny rule zero deck to have like Tomic and then all of the Rawls and a couple of other like Planeswalkers that synergize with spell slinging and then just miserable Orzhov hate cards and then to fill out the rest of the space. So you've got the like the black white Orzhov part from Tomic and then your blue and red uh, Planeswalkers from Raw and then. They get to, like, hold hands. Mechanically. Mechanically. There we go. I guess you kind of might, might have to make it a Staxi deck because you got to put the other Tomic in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of those hateful cards in Orzhov that we were talking about. I mean, all the guys. We want the the Camballs. We want the... Um, I can't think of any other ones on my off the top of my head. But you all know exactly the package of cards that I'm talking about. <laughs> and if you don't, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's it for, uh, community responses. So thank you everyone who listened and participated. Just reminder that if you're interested in participating in discussions in the episode, you can use Twitter, but you know, totally understand if you don't want to. Uh, but also if you are a Spotify listener, you can use the Spotify, uh, question option, that will be available somewhere. I don't know. Like, I think if you scroll down on, like, mobile, you can find the question section for that episode. And, you know, get back to us. We'd like to know what your thoughts are on episodes and things and magic and so on. Um, Let's change it up a bit. What are we doing non-magic related lately? <laughs> Um, so I really hit the Lamau what exists outside of magic, but um, understandable, understandable. I, I do actually have a couple of things that we do outside of that. Um, mostly I think the 
Game Boy Advance game Golden Sun was recently put on the Nintendo Switch, and we've been playing a bunch of that. That's a game that we enjoyed a lot in mm-hmm. uh, younger years. The soundtrack is an absolute banger. The combat system is novel, and the like little guys that you can collect, the gen, who grant you greater degrees of power are, I think, a cool and interesting magic system that I didn't see elsewhere and the summons that they like call forth uh it's really cool art and everything about it is awesome and there's two whole games and it's a bunch of fucking content so just go slurp that up through straw really like that yeah Um, (laughs) i've so many hours uh lost to both golden suns and did you know that it was nearly going to be a nintendo 64 title before they brought it over I did not, but that explains a lot, actually, about why it's like that. (laughs) Yeah, like, if you pay attention to the sprite work, they are done the exact same way, like, Donkey Kong sprite work was done in, like, earlier Mm -hmm. Nintendo titles and stuff, so, um, and just, god, they crammed so many effects in that game that were so intense that there was (laughs) actual slowdown on, uh, on, on gameplay, which was obscene, I'm like, wait a minute, lag can exist because the frame rate is too high for the humble Yeah, you just fucking spam all of your max level summons and you're just like your Nintendo struggling for its life <laughs> it's like, to produce dear God, please, why would you do this? I'm like, blame whatever company made Golden Sun back then. Um, I think it's Camelot. Yeah, Camelot, yeah. What a bunch of mad lads over there love those games yeah yeah. absolutely appreciate their work they put their whole everything into that thank you so much for doing so motoy sakuraba being like hold on you got the crunchy game boy advance uh sound card no problem and just fucking is a maestro and you're like oh it's so good yeah what a soundtrack (laughs) love that game um wonder if there could be a like uh, you could replicate the rpg system with the gin uh synergy system like i i wonder if you could do that feasibly i don't know i probably i just feel like people just aren't making that game i mean there was a third golden sun that I we don't talk we do not talk about it no we talk about it because it's still golden sun and it's still fine it's just yeah it's just not as good as people wanted it to be what can you yeah. do uh give me another one <laughs> i'll play it yeah oh no t- t- came out tomorrow would play easy um what else you been up to um i've also been playing just um okay so here's the thing i have i the idea of i would like to play more games but every time i sit down to play some games uh like Baldur's gate 3 or whatever uh it's gamers it's a lot of fucking effort like you have to actually like play these games (laughs) yes quinn that is indeed what you do when you sit down to play a video game And sometimes I don't want to put in all of that effort. Uh, so I've been playing lower effort games like uh, Bloons Tower Defense, where I just get to like click on some guys and then watch the effects of clicking on those guys happen. I think that's really nice. I also still enjoy the first Plants vs. Zombies. Big fan of that. Um, and I've also been playing Cat Quest. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but it's this like action adventure RPG that's adorable and they crammed just so many cat puns into everything. So if you're into that, then that is a fun game that I've been experiencing. Uh, I also just like 
like to play MTG Arena occasionally. Been jamming oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear standard. That. <laughs> no, it's actually really fun. I'm being super toxic and making everybody discard their hands with Virus Beetle, and then we're putting them back in our hands with Ninjutsu, and then we're casting them again to make everybody discard again. It's really rude and fun for me. Yeah, I I just I found it. I'm unable to uh, get back into arena consistently just because like I just I don't personally get anything out of it. Um, but it is what it is. Um, it's like solving a puzzle. You put a bunch of cards together in the same box and you see if you can get the program to run. And if it does and you get the win, <laughs> then like you're successful. Then if, and if, if it the, doesn't, if then the you game, go back to troubleshooting. If the game works. I'm just imagining you're like, all right, time to go. And then you accidentally have a repeatable loop that just crashes the game. Because <laughs> like memory. Not so much that it crashes the game, but just like, does this deck even function yeah. the way that I'm doing? That's the like program that I'm referring to. Does it run? Does this like a Marty Rolls deck that I put together actually work the way that I think it does? And sometimes yes, but frequently no, no. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of arena, I just remembered, and I guess this is gonna be kind of part of the content section later. Um, Nile Joan Rivers has been talking oh, shit. about uh, a little fan format. Um, she's calling Nile's Bat Heist. Yeah, I completely forgot about Bat Heist until now. Oh, what a moment! So tell the uh, people about Bat Heist. Well, let me uh, get the bat in question up because it's from Lost Caverns. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish there was just the image of the bat, like the photo of the card. Um, hold on, I think here. it's like Deep Cavern. Oh bat. yeah, it's, okay, yeah, Deep Cavern Bat. One of the black, one one with flying lifelink. Um, it's an uncommon. When it enters the battlefield, you look at you look at target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it until Deep Cavern Bat leaves the battlefield. Let's go back to the rules for a second here. Your starting deck for the Bat Heist in Arena is that it's fifty-six basics and four bats. Um, <laughs> you any card you exile with a bat during gameplay may be added to your deck. Uh, you can add any basic lands to your deck, at, probably afterwards, so you can actually like cast the damn spells. Um, your deck mm-hmm. must always contain four bats, and you continue playing until you win one game. And I imagine this is probably, like, on the standard ladder, maybe? I don't know. Um, I think you play it wherever you want, actually. Some people are playing it um, as like a speedrun category, so there might be specific ladders that are easier to accomplish the goals with. But you can, I think, run that challenge in any format. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, but I will put up a link to, because uh, Nile said she's got a video up on YouTube, so I'll go find that and put that link uh, in the description when the episode comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought it was so funny. Like, I, I just love when people do make little games out of magic. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of just a nice refreshing way to engage with the game, especially when a lot of people are feeling very disenfranchised and disconnected from the game. And obviously, you know, commander is not everyone's cup of tea, but, um, yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah, it's good to see people out there, like, enjoying that. And then, uh, there's actually, like, enough people engaging with the, like, air quotes format that there's bat heist mirrors that happen occasionally oh no <laughs> and they have to like find rules for what happens if you bat somebody's bat <laughs> well you only can have a maximum of four bats so i don't know i think the thing that they settled on was if you steal a bat you get to add a copy of aquazots th- to your deck okay actually that's kind of fire 
That's actually yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> a steal a bat to make, summon the bat Make God. more bats. Um, that's awesome. Um, but anyway, speaking as someone who does does actually sit down and play video games, uh, don't have that issue, a skill issue, you might say. Um, <laughs> no, it literally is a skill issue. I do not play enough video games, so sometimes I'm not good at them, and you kind of have to be a certain level of good to have fun at some games. Yes. So it's a little bit of that. Um, but I'm kind of having a bit of an issue because my issue is like the complete opposite is I'm trying to balance playing several different games at once. Um, but when your list cons- con- like is consists of Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, uh, <laughs> modded together Fallout 3 and New Vegas under the Tale of Two Wastelands mod, uh, mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World was on sale, uh, during Christmas. And so I was like, cool, I would want to play Monster Hunter World again on PC this time. Uh, and I'm running through that using the Gunlands right now. Um, and then Persona 3 Reload uh, just came out. Um, and as someone who very briefly played the original and not desiring to play clunky old PS2 games with mechanics that didn't age terribly well, uh, I've been really enjoying my time. Um, and also my girlfriend, I'll, I'll have the music, like the battle music be playing in the background. And she's kind of like humming along kind of making fun of it but also being like yeah i kind of enjoy this we're like okay good (laughs) um but yeah i've for the time being abandoned fallout um and right now um realistically the only two games that i'm actually focusing on is armor core 6 and uh persona 3 reload and the reason i'm bringing up armor core 6 actually recently um me and one of my buddies uh had kind of realized like we normally play magic every once in a while and uh he's like yeah i have armored core six and the other night i was like cool let's talk about it and then we started a call just to like talk about the game and like the lore and everything and i'm like yeah no, no the lore is ambiguous and blah 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 and then i'm like do you want to do like free 1v1s for like no stakes <laughs> and he's like hell yeah so for like an hour and a half it felt like maybe even longer like we went we were doing 1v1 and going back and forth, and then going back to the garage, and all you just hear from me is like, "All right, it's jank. Let's run it." And then <laughs> just the most crazy combination. Like he, uh, shout out to my buddy Tommy. He's been on uh, the old podcast before, but um, he only had. He said, "I didn't have." He says, "Like okay, so uh, he just finished his first uh, run of like the first route out of the three routes in the game, and." He um he only has a certain amount of like actual body parts of the mech suit, so he only has like a handful of cores and a handful of leg parts. Um, mm-hmm. But he always uses what everyone calls the um the wheelchair legs, because uh, it's literally like miniaturized tank treads. Um, oh, so hell yeah, tank treads. So he he gets like. Anyone who knows Armored Core 6, this will probably fly over most people's heads, but if you do know, he was throwing out the double Songbird missile launchers or the double uh, Zimmermans, despite the nerfs and everything. Um, he was, we were still wrecking each other, we were still wrecking each other back and forth, um, and, uh, but he was always on tank treads, so we would get up to, like, an isolated, elevated battle level for, like, the match, and because of how the tank treads still, like, follow the laws of, like, gravity and inertia and shit he would fling himself off the side and then have to boost back up (laughs) because huh wait when your treads are pointed in one direction and the direction is off the side of a cliff uh you gotta get yourself back up there um (laughs) 
So yeah, it was a good time. Armored Core 6, uh, you know, detor- you know, from Sus Notorious for really difficult video games. Um, but once you get into it, you, uh, you, you get to love it. Um, yeah, that is one of those games that is simply above my difficulty threshold. And yes, I will not under, be picking that up. <laughs> understandable. I totally understand. Um, and then I guess the last one is, and probably to the disappointment of some people, I've re- I'm started to rewatch Gundam Seed and the sequel Gundam Seed Destiny because they the movie Gundam Seed Freedom came out uh, at the end of January, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have not seen it. Robot. I have not seen it. <laughs> wow, giant robot! Meanwhile, the Gundam shooting the laser over your head. War is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I finished. Um, someone online compiled together the HD remasters of Gundam Seed and Destiny that they did. Oh God, was it like a decade ago? It feels like Goodness. it maybe li- it must have been like some time ago. Um, and they combined it with the original BC original Ocean dub rather than the New York dub that they did, like, a few years ago. And I've been enjoying myself going back and watching. It's super nostalgic, even though, like, it's my first Gundam series. Um, God, some stuff is really terrible in those, in those <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just sitting back, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm Ted on a Friday night again. Like Yeah, sometimes you week. can just let all of the content wash over you and enjoy the vibes and the feeling that the media creates for you. And that's nice to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of vibes, let's talk about some content we've been observing. Hey, <laughs> um, Ristic Study... Good old Rustic Study, Sam's put out another banger video, go figure. Uh, mm. The reason it took him so long, it's an hour and a half long, plus all the research he had to do about uh, the 25 years of foil magic cards. Uh, so hey, I'm known as the foil guy uh, in my first play group. Uh, uh-huh. But oh boy, foils, <laughs> they do Pringle a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, go figure. Um, yeah. So I... I, I finally sat down and i was doing laundry today and i just listened to like the full episode um and it was a great hour and a half spent so you want chill vibes and learn about a really big part of history of magic cards uh go listen to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it was a good listen uh i listened to it last night awesome what are the what stuff you've seen uh recently um, I really just want to shout out everybody else's cool detective procedural content this week. Uh, that was a big thing for the Murders at Karlov Manor release. And um, like, obviously, we weren't the only people to do that. But uh, I like to see everybody's different takes on the genre. We had um, Mook Dubs in particular, I think, uh, was one that I was thinking of. So like, check him out on Twitter. Um, or primarily, I think he could come does the content creation on tiktok but uh yeah just check that out um game nights also put out a very well-produced detective procedural short with a bunch of magic the gathering puns and such so yeah check all that out um and then i'm just uh patting ourselves on the back because uh we fucking shredded that was really cool (laughs) yeah i i I had a lot of fun editing that and putting that together and i just love like I really, I really don't mean to gush about it, but it's just the fact that I was like, "Hold on, what if I do an immediate audio cut and swap to you, just normal voice, taking me right out of the whole bit?" 
<laughs> it's just me like play your fucking cards and i'm like uh so mwah, beautiful i love i love being able to do that shit uh um, a good time yeah no it's super fun um and uh yeah a little bit uh th- i wouldn't say thinner but like let's go through some things here suspend had a rules change um Mm, yeah. that people were like this is how it always worked right and they're like no and you're like okay so originally when you cast or when you were going to resolve suspend spells you had to obviously cast a spell well i would mm-hmm. say obviously because people did not think it was that obvious but now they've changed it so that when you remove the last uh counter and go to cast a spell you can choose instead to have it go to exile so probably in favor of that i think it's bringing that in line with the expectations of the way that the game works is similar to how the rules change for commanders like dying works Um, people always thought it worked that way at least the people that i've played with so it's just like bringing the way that that works in line with the way that everyone's playing it anyway is only positive to me yeah so you know i i don't play was to spend a whole lot myself but it just seemed yeah it just seems more intuitive that way um and yeah back uh again as usual like i usually like shouting out other content i'm getting into right uh, lately uh am i the bull cast and harold's horn have been getting their episodes out and having a good time and um i just like what they're doing it's i i love uh i love everyone's dynamic on each of those casts so uh go check those out <laughs> If you haven't already been doing that. And then finally, uh, you know, because, you know, spoilers were over and people wanted to find new reasons to get on the Discord stream. <laughs> we won't not be delving into it too deeply here. But there was um, a new state of the format uh, and as well as commander banning quarterly updates as they normally do. Uh, in that sense, nothing's changed, so banger, no dockside pots and pans, and blah, blah, blah. We all know what everyone wants out of that. Um, but uh, what they talked about was that, you know, obviously there's going to be some changes uh, with um, with the changing of hands, and, and uh, it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... I, I can't believe the RC for... Trying to, oh god, it's so complicated. Where do I even start with this? Uh, just to read the article on the state of the format, and I, we don't have to like summarize that. <laughs> no, but one of the cool things that I think that happened was that they put updated like reasons as to why cards are banned on the main website. Um, so go take a scroll through there and read it. Whether or not you agree with it, I don't know. I just find it it's a little more informative. Um, and I do yeah, like that. it's good to know the why behind why things are banned, because a lot of people just simply don't have that context. Um, but yeah, not much more to say about that. Just go check it out. I like what's going on. I'm a big fan of the rules committee, so nothing to say there. Um, let's get into games and decks uh, that we've had for the last couple weeks. Uh, first and foremost, fuck hackball. <laughs> Oh wow! Right out the gate, saying it with your chest, it, some Murpho. I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm a big proponent of killing all Murfolk that you see in front of you, but particularly this fucking dude. Um, 
I've been on the <laughs> each of your creatures exploring at the beginning of combat is an extremely powerful ability, and you can simply play a I don't know what's a doubling season, uh, yep. primal vigor, uh, the hardened scales, hardened scales. Um, yeah, no, I've been on the receiving end of a couple. Tommy is one of them. Uh, he he got a hawkball deck for his um for the uh wasn't for his no it was for his birthday he did get it as a birthday gift um. Oh, and uh, you know what? Surprisingly, or maybe unsurprisingly, out of out of the box, that deck fucking slaps so hard. Mm-hmm, and I've mm-hmm. and I've been slapped by so many goddamn fishes. I'm so tired of it. I don't know what to tell you, babes. Okay, play, good. <laughs> play more board wipes, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Hawkball. The precon precons, as usual, continuing to be better and better every six or, months. Or every play more two stifles. Mmm, yes, that's really the and trick. And then you just like, all right, beginning of combat, and I'll just stifle that ability. And yeah. let's just, uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Hawkball, fuck that card. Anyway, what you, what's going on with you? <laughs> um, so I got in a couple of games with the Demir Surveil Precon. Um, like we mentioned at the top, Mirko Obsessive Theorist, a really cool card, passes the Hero's Blade vibe check, and uh, that deck, wow, gamers, what a good deck. Um, I've been a big fan of the Surveil archetype. I like to play that on Arena with my little Disinfo campaign and the Night Vale Sprite and Demir Spybug. You, you know, that um, deck from one of those Ravnica limited archetypes. Um, so I wanted that to be ported to EDH for a while. And Mirko really, like, does exactly what I wanted him to do. He really makes the Surveil and Reanimator archetypes hold hands. Um, and you have all of the powerful and iconic Reanimator payoffs that you would expect in the deck, as well as every one of the Surveil cards that you're expecting to be there in there. Um, there's also some just really cool original designs. Um, Eye of Dusk Mantle in particular... Uh, let me actually pull that guy up. He's yeah, because I I have no idea what like I feel like I should know what that is, but I got my head so far out of of keeping track of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... yeah, check this guy out. You're gonna want to pay attention because I'm gonna try and kill you with it. Uh, Eye of Dusk Mandel is a creature I three eight with flying and lifelink for five black black. And it says, you may play lands and cast spells from among cards in your graveyard. You've surveilled this turn. If you cast a spell this way, you pay a life equal to its mana value rather than paying its mana cost. That's actually pretty fire. What the hell? Yeah, so I've got this engine where I've got that new sphinx that um, you can for or not foretell it but suspend it with like six time counters on it mm-hmm. and then at the beginning of your upkeep if it's in exile and you remove a counter from it then you surveil one um so you surveil one in your upkeep basically and there's a couple of pieces in the deck that will do a similar effect of surveilling one on your upkeep but you pair that with your enhanced surveillance of course uh looking at plus two cards every time you surveil so you're looking at like surveil three and you can just yeet all of that into your graveyard because your eye of dusk mantle will let you cast it and Mirko will drag things back from the grave in the end step and you also they just put fucking necromancy and animate dead they're just in the deck um, so you can play those and you can put your massacre worm and your Sir Conrad, my husband, uh, in the graveyard when you're surveilling because they just put those in the deck. Uh, fucking incredible gamers. 
Um, I have reanimated an Eye of Dusk Mantle with the necromancy that they put in there, and then like cast something else with my life that I surveilled there uh, with the ability of the Eye of Dusk Mantle. And I'm pretty sure it immediately a removal after that because uh, they've seen what it can do and aren't trying to see it do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough of that. Stop, please. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that deck slabs. Give that a try if you are into Demir Surveil and Reanimator uh, and Stand Disinformation campaigns and tweet. I uh, need... To, so I've gotten a few of the Surveil cards from the set for Killer Queen. I just haven't been able to play it uh, recently just because most people just want to play Commander instead of whatever I'm offering. But some people are still interested in what it offers so i don't know tell tell mm-hmm. but uh the surveil lands uh and the card cryptex uh were put into uh that deck uh cryptex is a two uh two color uh two generic mana artifact where you tap to collect evidence three to add one mana of any color put an unlock uh counter on cryptex and then you mm-hmm. can sacrifice it surveil three and then draw three cards activate if you only have five or more unlock counters on it um, yeah, I wasn't sure about that one, and I wanted to hear some more opinions about that, but you're putting it in Killer Queen, which I guess is interesting, because you can use the collect evidence to fuel your game plan and potentially deny opponents of accesses to yeah, that Yeah, because since um, Lost Caverns also had its own uh, surveil stuff, and kind of, uh, and I also put in, um, from Doctor Who, I put in Confession Dial. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just cool. wanted, I wanted more and more ways of players to influence the top deck in some way that either benefits or denies whoever's like coming next, or if they have, um, if they have the monarch, they can set up for their turn, or if they want to put something in the graveyard that they can reanimate right away on their turn, you know, they can do that. So there was an increased number of surveil effects that, uh, that were put in the deck through Lost Caverns. And I guess one card from Doctor Who. And then now they're like, how about these lands that also surveil? And I'm like, these are kind of like, I have temples and the uh, surveil lands in the deck just for top deck manipulation and everything. Um, But I'm just very interested to see what people do. I want to put in like Ransom Note. Um, Yeah, I want to see that card in play. I haven't gotten to cast it yet, despite playing like three games with the Mirko Precon. Um, and then maybe depending on like, I don't know, I, 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 considering it's been a few months since it's been played, um, with a pot of people, like I shouldn't be completely overhauling it or anything, but I will want to see maybe if Snarling Gorehound fits in the list too. Cause that, cause that dog, I'm like, dang, it's one mana, one, one with menace. And whenever a creature of power two or less, uh, enters under your control, you surveil one. I'm like, yeah, that seems uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I bet good you dog. that guy holds the sword of the animist real good. Little bit, little bit. Um, but yeah, um, this set's pretty sweet. I know it's probably it's not the most crazy bonkers magic set that's come out, but I do just think that there's a lot of fun stuff for Commander. This mm-hmm. usual what I uh, what I look at. Yeah, it's a. Uh pretty good um i like new card i'm interested in playing more of them looking forward to what this set brings to me across the table as well because mm-hmm. i'm sure that people are playing cards that i just could not care about <laughs> um 
the other night I got to play against a Marvo deck. I was sending you photos oh, about yo, it. Oh, I saw those fucked up pictures. What happened? Uh, well, you see um, uh, the player, uh, James, one of uh, Benoit's friends, uh, like, where we went out the other night, and, um, you know, Marvo started hitting people, and that was okay, and then, um, uh, that new Sphinx that says you can collect evidence 10 instead of paying for, uh, spells happened, and then mm -hmm. Marvo threw out a one with the multiverse. Oh, no. And then, um... Sphinx of the Second Wind, I think it's called, where you get second your second sun. Second sun, so you get your additional uh, upkeep on tap stuff, um, and then An additional beginning phase, yeah. And then Omniscience came out, or did he even? No, he didn't. Wait, did he put it out? I can't remember. Basically, it didn't matter. Um, we tried blowing up the board a couple times, didn't work. Um, we just didn't have the right spot removal for certain things, or we weren't entirely sure. When we did have the spot removal, what was the best point of getting rid of what? Because it was all bad. Um, and yeah, Marvo, yeah, unsurprisingly... is that they're good. Yeah, so Marvo, unsurprisingly, fucking slaps once you get going. But I also do see how the deck could fall apart if you can't even get the Marvo train going. So we let it get out of hand. I've learned my lesson. I was pretty pumped for it the first time, but I was like, if I see this happen again like this, I swear to God. Um... Yeah, tell me about that. Is that the move now? Do you just ice Marvo on sight? Oh yeah, for sure. No, hundred percent. If I see if if I see that a single tentacle of that <laughs> motherfucker, it's he's dead. I I swear it. Not um, interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty good. Pretty pretty crazy explosive game. It was it was it was kind of wild. Um. And yeah, so um, I made a tweet the other day. I made a couple mm -hmm. tweets, but I made a tweet. Um, I was at... Uh, oh, this tweet. Yeah. Um, I was at my game store. I was at a game store uh, on, on the weekend. And um, as I was chatting with uh, some of the people who were working there, uh, one of the guys was talking about um, his Felisa deck that is focused on sacrificing Gideon's uh in sort of uh aristocrats what a bananas fucking sentence and also homie you are brilliant yeah and um so felisa fanga silvercore is two black white for three two vampire wizard with flying and mentor uh whenever this creature attacks you put a plus one counter on a target to take a creature with lesser power and whenever a non-token creature you control dies if it had counters on it create x tapped two one white and black inkling creature tokens with flying where X is the number of counters it had on it. Um, and usually when you activate Gideon, he just, you usually activate him for zero or a plus, so he has counters on him, and oh wow, what a surprise, if you sacrifice him, you make a bunch of Inklings. And, um, but the tr what I find so interesting about Magic Twitter is sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes it makes no sense. Um, I, I put a very bare-bones tweet out, where by the last response, to, like I, I structured it as like, be at the game store. How to listen to a guy talk about his Felisa Gideon uh, type old aristocrats deck and me with a shocked uh, face and that thing has like over one point whatever K likes and numerous people talking about it and it might have been based off an article on uh, uh, Commander's Herald by Games Freak SA 
Um, and yeah, um, oh, it's yeah. a really cool idea. It is a super mm-hmm. cool idea. Um, I'm looking at it from a lore standpoint, and I'm like, please leave my boy alone. He needs to rest. No, I'm crunching him and using his bones as meal for my inkling. No, leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that I've had two explosive tweets this last week alone. And one of them was about the Gideon Felisa deck, and the other one was about that new enchantment that makes glue tokens um, equipment. And the only thing I tweeted out was the image and what the fuck in all caps. And that thing also exploded and went off. And I'm just like, Twitter, magic Twitter makes no sense. Um, but I got it doesn't some, make any sense. Just I got some, the wave. I got some follows out of it. Whoa, yay. <laughs> Well, I, I do. I do think it's cool that you can now make clues equipment. But then I'm also like, hey, listen, or I already have arterial alchemy. Why do you make this white version of it? Like, I don't make enough clues in Audric Blood Curse, so I can't really use it. I'm mad. I think you still put it in Audric Blood Curse. <laughs> I need. I need to think about it. I've already made some pretty hard cuts so far. Um, or, or that goes in the Audric Two deck. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still need to think about that. Um, what, uh, <laughs> what other games you got going on? Um, so the other thing that we want to do in this pre-con fangirling section is this is the Nelly Borka and Prisoner's Dilemma fangirl hour. Um, wow, Nelly Borka, <laughs> what a conniving little shitster! You got, you got your hand, you got your head in your hands. You're like, wow. So cool. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, she's a 2-4 with a Vigilance for 2, a red and a white, a legendary creature, human detective, and whenever Nellie Borka, an impulsive accuser, attacks suspect target creature, <coughs> then goad all suspected creatures, and a suspected creature has menace and can't block. Then whenever one or more creatures an opponent controls deals combat damage to one or more of your opponents, you and the controller of those c- creatures each draw a card. So I want to play this card and uh, Karazakar and Aurelia back at it again in the Mardu Go deck gamers. It would be so sick. Yeah. Um, it's, I already um, have a Grixis Go deck, but I might have to do it to him again. And once everyone's goaded, no one is. Um, no, everyone's goaded, and I just sit back and I let you all fight it, and then I play something in the command zone that ends the game. Yeah. Um, um, I also want to fangirl about the card Prisoner's Dilemma, which just fucking lasers people, and then you cast it again from your graveyard because it has flashback, and it does it again. Gross. <laughs> it's, I can't believe, it's such a fun design that relies on... I always love mind games uh, in Magic, but this is like the biggest one, where it's like, okay, so each po- each each opponent, what am I, Canadian? Um, <laughs> each opponent secretly chooses silence or snitch, and then uh, choices are revealed. If each opponent chooses silence, Prisoner's Dilemma deals 4 damage to each of them. If each opponent chooses snitch, it deals 8 damage to each of them. Otherwise, Prisoner's Dilemma deals 12 damage to each opponent who chooses silence. Um... And then with flashback for seven, which is obscene. I can't believe that. So it's, it's the, so funny because you get to be like, and what did we learn the first time? <laughs> and then people are like, nothing. And then they get laser for 12. Um, so, yeah, the um, it's I do find it very interesting how a little closer a lot of the creatures work with the commander decks, at least maybe from my perspective this time around, because Aurelia the Law Above absolutely loves 
this pre-con. Oh um, yeah, I would windmill slam that in the deck. There's probably one of those cards that is less inspiring than an angel with those keywords and abilities. So I think that's an easy swap. Uh, my issue right now is I'm sitting on the fence of what to do with Agris Cost's Spirit of Justice um, and whether or not I do put him in to Audric Blood Cursed, but what do I cut for it? So he's a two red and a white, two four spirit detective with double strike and vigilance. So it is two keywords. Great. Uh, whenever he enters or attacks, choose up to one target creature. If it's suspected, exile it. Otherwise, suspected. Um, and the reason that I'm looking at that is because it says suspect anything, including mm-hmm. my stuff. And, you know, sometimes I'll tell you right now, I'm not really blocking in that deck. Um, so I can be like, I give my own thing menace and swing in, or okay. I can ETB, Agris Cost has haste, go attack, get rid of whatever your thing is. So feels kind of weirdly flexible. I'm just not entirely sure what to cut for it. Um, but speaking of cuts or why the fuck Cole did you not put this card in Audric Blood Curse before? <laughs> um, yeah, Kadeen the Prevailer is fucking Jorkadeen. Why did I not put this guy in there? So he's a five mana five four with first strike, and if you have three or more artifacts, uh, creatures you control, all creatures, including him, get plus three plus zero until end of turn. Um, what a card. That's well, a Boros Crater of. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel so incredibly silly for not putting it in here before. And I did not win. I was on um, I was on a stream with Crow Itsuki uh, last night. And we... Uh, I, I didn't win any of the games last night. I'm, I'm good with that. But oh boy, did I have everyone on that table running scared when I threw out... <laughs> Uh, just haymaker after haymaker, and they're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So I took out one guy, and then I took out the other guy, and then Crow's like, okay, you've had enough fun, and you took me out. Um, but... Yeah, you got close. As usual, hey, I cooked. I fucking cooked that game. That shit was fucking wild. I was like, wow, Agris crosses crack. I had a... There was a setup, um, where... I can't remember what the Rian... Oh, no, it was late to dinner. Um, no. Or maybe it was a different spell. I can't remember. Oh, no, no. I remember what was going on. Okay, so. Um, I think I had, like, seven mana out. And I had a few creatures out. And everyone's like, okay, cool. What are you going to do? And I'm like, cool. Okay. So I'm going to pay whatever uh, to discard a card to draw a card off the blood token. They're like, okay. I'm like, discarding Jorkadine. And they're like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry. And then I play and kick uh, Marshall's Anthem. Hey, there uh, it is. And that's, again, another card. I'm like, why the fuck did I not have this card in the deck before? Um, so, yeah, being able to give plus four, plus one uh, for six mana and discarding the card the card in question to get it all started. Uh, yeah, it was pretty fucking messed up. Um, they were like, uh, yeah, we need to deal with that ASAP. And I was like, haha, yeah, you do. To go, uh, yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> Uh, George, I need to try to find a foil version of him ASAP, because, my god, I love, I do love that deck, and I do love blinging some stuff out on that deck, um, but no one in the immediate area has a foil Mirrodin Besieged, I can't remember what set he's from, uh, because all of his other versions have been in Commander Precons, so Mm. they just got the fancy new, like, border design with, like, the little wavy stuff on top, um... Uh, the legendary crown, you mean? Yes, the legendary crown. 
<laughs> I stand corrected. Um, but yeah, again, as usual, Audrey Blood Curse does the job. Um, I don't have a problem. Trust me. You definitely don't. Uh, um, what, what about you? You got, it seems like you had one other deck to talk about. I, yeah, I just needed to get the correct information here. It's new Phyrexia. Ooh, okay. It's the new phrasing version. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is I played some CDH for the first time in, uh, I think a couple of weeks. It's been a minute. Um, I got two games in with a Nala Archmage Ritualist and then one with a Karasakar Stacks question mark build that I borrowed from somebody. It's a, a lot of removal and hateful cards and card advantage, so probably a stacks build. Um, and then like a combo win for when you find that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, some real fucking wizard chess fighting for both of the Inala wins that we got. Shout out to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you do a lot of um, putting triggers on the stack and responding to them and casting Spellseeker and reanimating Spellseeker and resolving Inala triggers, making shadow clones of Spellseekers. Um, and you do all of that to find... Uh, the scholar of the ages and um shallow grave or something like that and then you just like loop those two spells until you have enough scholars to turn sideways and win the game and we did that on two occasions one of those through a hard one stack battle involving like a mind break trap and some shit and then another one um there was a archivist of Ogma and like Spellseeker has you search for your library for an instant or sorcery that is mana value two or less, and um, you're doing that a lot. So the Archivist of Ogma giving my opponent a life and drawing them a card every time that I resolved one of those search effects increased the likelihood that I would brick because my opponent draws into interaction. But we made it through all of that safely, and we found the W, and all of that was extremely satisfying. I love to feel my mind expanding on that axis. It feels really good to flex your mind that way. I recommend that more people try that sometime. It's a hard sell for me, but yes, CDH. I mean, maybe not Inala specifically. That's probably Inala <laughs> uh, might be too big brain for me. I'm the only person that I know that plays Inala right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot. I, I've heard a few about a few like Inala CDH brews. Like, I, it always seems to come up in like articles or discussions, but um, it doesn't seem to be like the most popular. You know, Timnacrom or. Yeah, people don't want to learn Spellseeker combo, basically. It's a, a tree that's like 17 steps long. and If someone plays a stacks piece, you're like, fuck. Yeah, then you have to redo all of your math around that, which um, <laughs> basically had to with that archivist, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. Hi, Sprout. Um, yeah, so yeah. CDH, hey, we'll always mention it every once in a while. So Yeah, I like um, to play it. I'm not scared of it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I did pick up some stuff for Bloodrig. Obviously, I talked about it. Uh, picked up some new clue-based stuff for my Inquisitor Eisenhorn deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a game that happened the on the weekend over on MTG Lexicon. 
Um, <laughs> the way that you said that, a game that happens. A game that happened. Shout out to Johnny for not only running the game when it sounded like he was on death's door about to fall asleep, um, but also having the audacity to call me bald when I have a full head of hair. Uh, don't get that. I feel like I missed the in-joke at some point a while ago. No big deal. Nope. Uh, <laughs> that one's just him. I'm going I'm going silver, not bald. Go me. Um, yeah, it's a good look for you. Enjoy it. Uh, but, uh, I, so yeah, I was playing Zergo no Jutai for the first time in a while. Yeah, uh, I finally got to see that deck in action. And uh, I was like, all right, so what's the game plan? Well, I can't remember what my opening hand was, but it was pretty, it was, it was good enough. Because once I started getting Zergoto Jutai out, I just started slapping everyone in the face. And uh, mm. then I threw out Ojutai uh, 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 Soul of Winter, um, which is whenever a uh, dragon attacks, you get to tap something down and freeze it, which is one of my oh, I favorite. I was sampling all of your draconic business, too. I was playing this Grixis uh, Cypher deck that has a bunch of like control stuff and clones. So I'm just like, I'm going to play this clone and borrow a Zergo and Ojutai for a turn and see what this is about. Got that attack trigger in, put that back in my hand with the combat damage trigger. Which was pretty oh, that sweet. Really that was good. pretty sweet. <laughs> that, and that... I was like, I think I'm going to try it again with the other Ojutai that you played. <laughs> And then I said, Dragon Turtle Jutsu. And you're like, what the fuck? This was some absolute fucking bullshit. I'm like, I'd like to announce my intent to go to combat. And you're like, I'd like to respond to that. And I'll flash in Dragon Turtle. And I'm like, what the fuck is this bulk rare? (laughs) And it enters the battlefield tapped and basically fucking drags under my creature like it's tapped too. And now my sick fucking mythic rare or whatever that I was going to swing and get bonkers attack triggers with is completely fucking nerfed and can't do a damn thing thanks to this damn dragon turtle. You're like, shadow dragon style. And I'm like, dragon turtle style, get wrecked. You're like, no! Uh, My plans foiled. Anyway, play more dragon turtle gamers. I think that's cool. Interaction doesn't always have to be like a counter spell or a kill spell or whatever. Sometimes you can just play a silly little guy who does a little thing. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that, it, it, it is a, it's a really janky deck. Um, I do feel like there's probably a few things I can use to, like, tune it a little bit here and there, but I feel like the current, whatever I was doing that night was just really good enough. Um. It was sick as fuck, dude. <laughs> I wanted to get the other Ojutai out and have the trifecta going, but honestly, mm-hmm. getting the OG seven mana Ojutai out with the, with the board state I had going on, yeah, it was, it was, it was good enough. I was freezing people's stuff, I was knocking people out, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. And then you were like, but what if I partook? And I said, no. Get- you let it slide one time, and I was like, okay, cool, I can get away with that. I'm going to try it again. And you're like, absolutely not. You're not bouncing your clone back to your hand again. Can't have that. Um, but yeah, really do take a look. Like, I do encourage people to take a look at the a lot of the creatures' pairs uh, that were in um, March of the Machines. Yes, Dejero and Hazard are busted. Go figure. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, one go- of my commanders came from there too, Gorogor and Satoru, that I've yeah. been enjoying greatly. Um, also, a team up. So just like check those out. There's a lot of cool legends to brew around in there. Um, and then I guess finally, just to wrap up this episode, uh, as I've been keeping track of my um, commander games for the last month, I think maybe I might have missed a game the other week. But I think other than that, 
still going to go there. Um, but out of the 28 games that I had in January, I'd seen 67 unique commanders. Ooh, uh, wow. Which some of them are were pairs, um, but you know, saw a few. But then you know, on top of that, we did. I did see a couple Rayhans, um, a couple Magnet uh, Magnuses from the Warhammer 40k decks, a couple Hackballs. Fuck Hackball. Uh, <laughs> a couple Tatsunaris. Um, I've seen both versions of Negan and Malik, the Universes Within version. Mm-hmm. Um, Always fucking annoying. And then I uh, got to see a couple uh, black and white Daxos uh, decks, which I hadn't seen uh, in a while. Um, And then, yeah, unsurprisingly, out of all those games, I did play Audric Blood Curse 12 times out of the 28. Oh, yeah, you have to focus. You're shifting into Bloodric mode. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this month so far... Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games so far. Um, and, uh, yeah, full steam ahead. It's pretty nice to focus less on the wins and did you cook. And, uh, this month, a little more no's are popping up. Uh, but, uh, in general, the games, yeah, have been pretty good. Well, that's good to hear that at least the games have been good. Cause oh, above all, that's the important part. Um, yeah. Anything else uh, to contribute on your end? Um, gamers, I think that is going to be it for me. Be excellent to each other out there. Cole, tell the people where they can find us online. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter under Uncommon CMDRMTG. You can find Quinn at Girl Dick Energy. You can find our hub of announcements and everything at HBVC underscore MTG. And yes, I know I kind of made fun of Blue Sky because no one really uses it. <coughs> I don't. Um, but that <laughs> did uh, enter public access now, so you don't need invites anymore. If you are looking for a Twitter alternative and looking for a clean, uh, clean, clean slate, um, I don't know. I guess we should probably try Blue Sky. I don't know. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening. Hope this one was a lot more digestible than last time. And yeah, we got a clean hour and 13 minutes on the clock. We'll, Woo! we'll see you next time. Later, gamers.